Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the long-awaited first episode of Literature Reapers with Casey, Amanda, and Shanna. I am one of your three hosts, Casey, and this is the podcast where we will not eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas while we read a book. We will... Definitely crack open the wonderment that is a literature masterpiece. We will read the book for you. We will discuss the book for you. But at the end of the day, we will have lots of fun talking about the book, shit-talking the book, whatever we feel in our hearts is represented on the page. So with all that said, joining me again, like I said in the title, I have, well, we're just going to go clockwise around the screen and we have one co-host which would be miss shanna happy saturday shanna happy saturday casey and amanda yes i am very happy to be here finally <laughs> good morning my neighbors <laughs> fuck you yes fuck you too <laughs> Oh, oh, yes. oh my god so sorry off topic real quick um sh you guys watch the mandalorian right oh yeah i know you do rhetorical Casey. question of the year so i'm in the George mix is watching three, it yes and i'm not paying attention so i i think this is like the baby yoda or mandalorian or whatever he is i just heard him going yes 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 he's got his robot and then later, I don't know what's happening, but it looks like they're killing another robot. And he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, this sounds like a serial killer. Yeah, I, that's like one of my favorite parts in season three, because they put Grogu in this robot, this droid. Yeah. And he has a button where he can say yes and no. So they're, they put him in the machine and... Uh, Mando is like, this is a bad idea. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy's like, let him try it out. He looks like he's having fun. He's like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the yeses were really funny. The nos were creepy. I was like, he's like, no, no. Yeah, no, the robots no, were hurting. Like, they were hurting Mando. And he was like, no, no, no. When he goes and saves him. And I love it. 
anyway, I couldn't stop laughing about that. I was yeah. like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, spoiler alert for I those think. of you who may not be Mandalorian savvy, Grogu is Baby Yoda. Also known as Din Grogu now. All right. Because <laughs> okay. Mando adopted him and now, you know, since I am his future wife, um, that kind of makes me mom. So we're good. <laughs> you might want to clarify that you mean uh, Pedro and not actual I'll Mando. I'll take either one. I mean, let's oh, be okay. fair. Cool. <laughs> yeah. She okay. Anyway, does. sorry for the sorry for the tangent. Just that just happened, and I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. So I was like, first all of right. all, if any of the listeners are coming over from Crime Rewind or Sip List or an evening at the movies and are offended by our tangents and rabbit holes, you're in the wrong place, dude. <laughs> seriously, it's like. Um, Sip list is rapidly approaching three years old. Mm-hmm. Evening at the movies just turned two. Crime Rewind is a, an amazing oh, show. Yeah, so, I'm almost to five thousand. Get over it. Suck it up. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm Amanda, host of the Sip List. For those that aren't uh, haven't picked up on that yet, and I'm very excited to be here. Um, I'm glad <laughs> we did this book. I this author is a favorite of mine. Um, so I'm ready to talk about it. Alrighty. And because I don't think we got to it, um, we're going to backpedal a second. And Shanna, where can we find your podcast information? And what <clears> show <throat> are podcast. you a part of? <clears throat> you can find Amanda and I every Tuesday <laughs> morning on Crime Rewind, where we talk about the old, the cold, and the often undertold. Yeah. So true crime coming your so, way. So, so I take it now you're vanilla Shanna and the old, the cold, and the it's just, I yeah, that too. So stop um, hammer time. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, All around the so world. So in case I into the bay. <laughs> <laughs> ninja, oh, ninja, Lord. Rap, rap, ninja, 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 <laughs> go ninja, uh, go ninja, go. go. <laughs> hey, we're here to talk uh, about the books. We're they, losing the people, I think. <laughs> yes, we we're are. Eclectic. Um, yeah, we are. And again, much like the whole tangent thing, if people are coming over here and not expecting our zaniness then you know what what shows have you been listening to for the last couple of years because none of our shit tends to stay on topic or cookie cutter by the book and all when so. you get three of us in the same podcast there's gonna be a ruckus yeah <laughs> there's gonna be some tomfoolery some shenanigans some tiddlywinks or bodily <laughs> functions that shanna will announce okay. live over the air for everybody to be made aware of that happened. I don't but think they would have missed it. Probably not because that was that was an epic function. Since so um, because I didn't go ahead really quick before I do mine. Oh, well, do you want to go? You go first then and then I'll go. Okay. Um, 
just because I hadn't said it yet, um, I am the co-host of An Evening at the Movies along with that Reaper who is underneath me. It's a her technological impaired. I am not technologically impaired in my knowledge. It's the computer that's fuck all years old and just isn't going to work anymore. You don't have to have the knowledge when your husband works for a big, huge tech firm. Well, technically he works for an accounting firm, but he's in charge of the tech stuff. Oh, well, six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> so, but definitely you can find, well, we'll get to all the where you can find all that, but that, and evening at the movies is where you know myself and Amanda from. And then the sip list is where you also know Amanda from. And then also Crime Rewind and all, all of that good stuff. So Amanda Amanda's a poly right? podcaster. <laughs> that was not it's me very incestuous. street racing. <laughs> Since uh we're talking about books, real quick, I have to show you this gorgeous copy of Mansfield Park. That, that I is acquired. beautiful. It's got quotes from the book on the front and the back, and it's super soft and leathery, and it's so It looks pretty. very iridescent, too. It is. The pink is very, like, shimmery. But even the, so, the seafoam looks kind of shimmery. Yeah. It's, like, shiny. I haven't read this in a long time, and I can't wait to dive into it, but I just want to sit here and hold it, because it's so pretty. Okay, anyway. So, before we get into our discussion, I'm willing to announce the fact that I have a stupidity story that I would like to share with our listeners. Awesome. Um, like where this is going already? <laughs> um, well, both of you kind of sort of know this because it's one of the two reasons why it, this episode is so late getting to the listeners. But um, when we decided to do this book for our first episode, I ordered the book off of Amazon and started reading it and then I took a few day break and I misplaced said book. So I had to, after a few weeks of tearing the house apart, looking for it and not finding it, I had to reorder it. So I have dose copies of how to sell a haunted house. Did you ever find the first one? <laughs> you probably found no. it the day before the other one arrived. Um, actually, it. It, it was like four days after that was where Guma co-host um because here's what we're going to do and i don't know how we're going to determine who's going to get it but while we are going through our discussion oh you do well shit that sort of supersedes what i was going to say because i was going to say while we're going through the episode we can all think about ideas on how to do it and then by the end of the episode we can announce how we're going to do it but if amanda's got a worthy idea then let's go with it and Pow, what you got? First person to give us a, a a review. I won't. We're not bribing you for five star reviews, but first person to review us on Apple or Spotify, um, we'll we'll send you the copy of the book. Um, we might want to eighty six um Apple <laughs> off of because this is oh. first episode and we're oh that's true. Okay, just so just Spotify. Us, that's true. Sorry, oh. my bad. First episode. We'll, I actually like that idea because that's a good jumping off point for if we wanted to do a second one, we could probably do 
Apple or not Apple, Spotify or Good Pods. Yeah. But right. we're debuting on Spotify, so yes. Yeah. Listen to us on Spotify, give us a review, be the first one, and we'll send you a book. Assuming you want to read this book. But if not, you can gift it to someone well, I was else. Say, sure. Exactly. And my book was given to me sure. from Casey. Casey, you sent it. Was me. Yeah, you sent it to me when we decided I'm what we're to gonna... think, I'm like, no, I was gonna say no. The book that I sent you, you won through another giveaway on an evening at the moon. I know you I had... had a traumatic last six months, but you know, and you don't remember six months <laughs> ago, but you did send it to me <laughs> through Amazon. <laughs> I don't, I'm lucky if I remember two months ago, let alone all of that. But so, okay, really quick, I want to put this subject to bed and move on from it because there may be people that have followed and been ready for Literature Reapers and not necessarily follow Crime Rewind or Sip List or anything at the movies, but... um like Shanna said, technically, yes, there it was a traumatic event that happened a couple months ago. I was in the hospital for a couple weeks, got out of the hospital. The day after I got out of the hospital, my dad died, which is why there has been part, which is part of the reason why there has been a delay with getting you guys this episode. So with all that said, we can officially now put all of that to bed. We can move on from it. And the fact that, um, it's now time to get back on track for Literature Reapers and an evening at the movies and me guesting on the SIP list. And if I'm ever worthy enough to be invited back, Crime Rewind and and all of that. So with all that, so, oh, should I need my notes? One of my favorite quotes there. says, life happens when you're busy making other plans. Yep. And we'll put you on the wait list for Crime Rewind. It's long and distinguished. Yep. Blah, blah. We are accepting not like I didn't sit on a freaking snacks. <laughs> not like I didn't sit on a long ass waiting list to get on Crushgasm either, and I had multiple appointments scheduled for that one. But at the end of the day, I finally got that one done, so I'm happy. Yay! Tune in in a few weeks to Crushgasm, and you'll get to hear all about one of my favorite TV crushes. Kelly <laughs> <And laughs> Clark. <laughs> The girls kind of just threw me under the bus for that one, but um, no, that's a valid crush for sure. Well, no, I'm not saying it. We outed you, outed your choice. Okay, I got it. I mean, anybody who knows me knows that she probably is number one or number two on my list. But so, make sure with all that said, Twitter page. Yes. He makes his bird twitch. Along... <laughs> you don't know what makes my bird twitch, but we'll get into that another time. That's different or subject. No, I, I'm don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. Uh, okay, let's talk about the book. Speaking of brother-sister relationships, so, let's get into the book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so like really quick. Um, how to Sell a Haunted House released this year on January 17th. It is written by Grady Hendrix and is a publication of 
Berkeley Books. So, um, would either of the two of you like to give us your assessment of or rundown of the plot of the book? Can I ask you guys a question first before we do yeah. that? Just because I'm curious. Um, is this your first time you reading Brady Hendrix? No. Okay. What have you read? I've read, um, I read my best friend's exorcism. Okay. I have not read that. I want to. Um, and then I can't remember. I know I've read other stuff that says, I just can't remember what it was. So I've read um, horror store, which was really cool. It was like the Ikea one. The Ikea one. Yeah. Yep, I've read that. Um, the Southern book club's guide to slaying vampires. And then the final girl support group. Um, Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires was the first book of his I read. And it's it was so good. It's like Desperate Housewives meets like the Lost Boys. Um it's very, it's very good, but I I really? wasn't expecting the kind of gore that was in it. Um, and I was glad that this one was a little less gory. But anyway, I was just curious if, if anybody else had read him before because I kind of knew what I was getting into going into this book, having read his books before. And if you haven't, it could be a shock to the system. So. So you had recommended Final Girl Support Group to me, and I actually had picked that up first and was halfway through it when um, How to Sell a Haunted House came up in our discussion. Yeah. So I kind of sort of put a pin in Final Girl, and I'm still. In the eye? Yeah, what? a pin in the eye. Oh. <laughs> oh, a sewing needle in the eye. Ooh. Spoiler Ooh. alert, that topic will come up again here in a couple minutes. Um, but definitely, from what I've read so far, I'm enjoying Final Girl Support Group. And I don't want to spoil my review for this one yet. But I definitely will be checking out. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, I'm just going to say... I. Definitely will be reading more of his stuff only yeah. because it seems like it's not definitely pinned into a certain, like, I'm only going to be a vampire writer or I'm only going to be a zombie writer or whatever the kind of sort of like Fourth of July fireworks pinned all over the place. Well, and this one definitely took a new a direction and reading the plot of it, I knew I was going to be scared. So this is the only book of his that has actually kind of scared me. The other ones of like, oh, this isn't, you know, I want to keep reading. But this one I kind of had to like put down a couple of times just because I was afraid I was going to have nightmares. So Shan, you want to discuss the plot or you want me to do it? Well, I finished it quite a while ago. Me too. So um, from what I can not me. Yeah. What I can remember is that the this, there's a brother and a sister and their parents pass away. So they are tasked with having to kind of clean out the house and, you know, chaos ensues, some paranormal shit takes place. And I, I, I wanted to love it. I wanted oh. to love it so much. But you didn't? I loved the first half of it before the Radical Puppet Coalition came in. At that point, I was kind of like, oh. I felt like it was a, a twist that 
I, I felt like it had so much potential building up to it. I just, I thought that the puppet aspect of it was trying too hard to be different. I would have much rather have had it be an actual, like, spirit. Like, not a puppet conduit. It, was, it seemed very reminiscent of, like, Annabelle and, like, well, yeah, I mean, the haunted dolls and puppets is like an archetype of horror. Yeah, and I just, I, I wasn't, I don't know. And it might, I don't know. I loved the first half of it. I did. I really loved it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then, like, the RPC came in and I'm like, and I remember texting Casey and I was like, the fucking Radical Puppet Coalition. <laughs> And he's like, what? And I'm like, just read the fucking book. You know, and I felt myself like, I still um, enjoyed aspects of it. I really still enjoyed it. I just, I felt like it could, the ending could have been better. Yeah. Um, in Shanna's defense, she only called it the Radical Puppet Coalition once. After that, it turned into Creepy Puppet Coalition. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, this brother and sister have to, um, you know, go through their parents' things. Their mom was like a puppeteer, like an avid doll collector. She had this one particular uh, hand puppet, um, Pupkin. And yeah, so the kids are, the brother and sister don't like each other. Um, they don't have a good relationship. And they have to basically deal with the estate, sell the house and all of that while realizing that something is um, amiss yeah. with Ooh, with the uh, puppets and the dolls. Um, and yes, Pupkin is the ringleader. He's the doll that's possessed. And I, the way I took it is that he had the ability to control all the other ones. So I don't know that they were possessed other than Pupkin can make them do things with his right. mind. You know, just like once he got on your hand, it was like he was making you do bad things. Yeah. And you realize that as the book goes on, that Pupkin's been evil from the beginning mm -hmm. and thing, things that, you know, Louise and Mark thought were coincidences or whatever, you realize that they're not. And I, I don't know. I get what you're saying, which I know maybe we're not that far yet. Casey just wanted a rundown of the plot. So, um, oh, no. you, we can get into that later. You I can decide right now in the back of your mind, whether or not you want to spoil the damn twist. Well, I kind of already did. <laughs> I mean, the, well, there's other things yeah. that come up that you realize, like, and I thought, I thought the story development and the, like going back in time and stuff was kind of cool. I liked seeing Mark and Louise kind of come together to fight this common evil that they've both, they both had a secret that had to do with Pupkin that they've never shared with anybody. And then once they share it with each other, they're like, oh my God. And then now they've got exactly. to- and I liked that dynamic of it. I really did because it kind of, it kind of had, a, they kind of had a relationship that rings true with a lot of families, you know, where yeah. they don't get along and it's essentially like a, in an attempt to, you know, keep a secret, you know, where if they had come together and spoken about it and been honest with each other, you know, they probably would have had a much better relationship, but then of course we wouldn't have you know, the estate arguments and, yeah, you know, it wouldn't have built the plot like it did. And one thing I did want to mention too, um, 
about spoiling the plot twists and stuff. I think at the end of the episode, we should announce what we're reading next. So that way, anybody that wants to read it can already be a step ahead. And that way, they don't have to worry about plot twists and spoilers. Yeah. Probably not a bad idea as well. And I actually had thought about possibly um, at least one book ahead, if not even maybe two books yeah. ahead. If, because... Um, Okay, so really we can quick put them on the Facebook in, page. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too, obviously. But really quick before we get back into our discussion, the idea that we came up with was we're going to go with a three-episode rotation, and each one of us is going to get to pick a book. So Amanda picked How to Sell a Haunted House. Next book I got to pick, and Shanna's is the third book. And then after that, we'll cycle back around to another order again as well so that way everybody's getting a chance to throw out a book and we're not just all we don't possibly have somebody feel feeling like they're being pressured into just being pigeonholed into because yeah with me it would be easy to do just stephen king stephen king stephen king stephen right king, stephen king stephen king and the, and there's only know, so Amanda many Pedro pascal biographies i can make you guys read <laughs> <laughs> Does he even have one right. yet? I'm writing one. <laughs> it's a picture book. <laughs> and, it should be a oh pop-up God, book. <laughs> if only. Show me in the book where I can touch Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> like glue hair to his beard so you can touch it. <laughs> it's like one of those sensory books for toddlers. Yeah. yeah. Except it's for Shanna. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'd also so, I'd also be open to track. taking suggestions from. Okay, go ahead. I was, I was just gonna say oh, I'd yeah, also be definitely. open to taking suggestions from guests or from like a listeners' choice. Listeners, like if they want to hear our opinion on a certain book. So, okay. That's not a bad idea either, and I mean we don't necessarily have to do it all the time, but every right. certain number of episodes we just. Okay, you guys, you've got a couple of weeks to come up with something. Give us something. And, and then we could just that'll... toss them in a hat and pull one out. Yeah. That way, you know, again, the listeners can feel like they're a part of the episode as well. Right. So um, I kind of sort of had a handful of discussion questions. And Shanna kind of sort of precursored one of them already so i'll go ahead and pose it to amanda as well was there anything about this book that uh as a reader turned you off um i mean not really i guess you know yeah i i kind of get with the you know maybe they did try a little too hard but for me i i haunted dolls or puppets or whatever has always been like a scary thing to me you know like annabelle and chucky and you know whatever um and i think that they did a good job but it also it i don't know i was so kind of scared not I was invested in the story because things kept changing and happening and I kept going, okay, where, when's that thing going to pop out next and what's it going to do? And, you know, I definitely liked mm -hmm. that you think the book is about to end, but 
you know it's not because there's a bunch left, but the story is winding down like you think it's going to end. And then they bring in this new plot twist where it's like, oh, crap, now we're really in trouble and now we've really got to do something. So and I really it had a fantastic pace to it. Yeah. Like it, you know, like you said, it would die down a little bit. and You felt like you could breathe. And then, like, you know, something crazy happens. You're like, and here we go again. And then, you know, that problem kind of resolves itself. So you're starting for the wind down again. And it's like a roller coaster, like a legit roller coaster, because then you're back up. Yeah. And, you know, you, yeah, I it had a great pace to it. Once you got going, it was a great read. Like, as yeah. far as, like, the, it didn't have, like, dull sections in it where you're like, oh, my God, can I just flip 50 pages ahead and get to the good part. It didn't have that for me. Yeah. I think the only part of it I didn't really care for, or I thought could have, we could have done without was the quirky family, like the aunts or whoever that were yeah. like trying to have a seance with the doll. I yeah. thought that I kind of liked the idea of, Hey, there's other people in the family who may understand what's going on here, but I just don't think it was, I don't think it fit well the way they were written. Right. And I think, too, like, they were a very close family. So how did this psychic aunt not know some shit was going on? Right. <laughs> like, the doll was possessed this entire time. And all of a sudden, she's like, by the way, yeah, Pupkin is evil. I mean, with, when you find out the whole thing about Louise and Pupkin trying to kill Mark when they were kids, yeah. like, how'd the aunt not know about that? Yeah, you know, like, it's so psychic. So yeah, other than that, I really enjoyed the story and the pacing and the characters, and that was the only part that was kind of like meh for me. Like the take it or leave it kind of aspect, right? Like they could have just had one core family member and not tried to make the relationship so intricate. Yeah, it's like they needed they used the family members to kind of fill some voids that didn't necessarily need to be filled. Yeah. I think for me, um, I, I see where it, both of you guys have valid points for your answers. And I actually agree with both of them to a certain extent. Um, to me, the creepy puppet coalition <laughs> kind of sort of had a, um, for Stephen King fans, you, you'll get the reference but um it felt to me not 100 percent exactly like but it was kind of like a rose the hat and her wackadoos in dr sleep mm -hmm. so and again not 100 percent exactly like but it was all like i had this expectation in my head of where i thought things were naturally progressing through the story and then all of a sudden bam you get hit with the freaking radical puppet coalition out of nowhere and it's like okay that was kind of sort of different and then it's there for a little bit and then all of a sudden it disappears and well it doesn't really disappear but it becomes it goes way on like the back burner and it's never really as paramount as it was in that middle section of the book when it got brought up. Um, yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Let's go with Amanda first. What main factor positively impacted your views on this book? Um. Well, sorry. Can you kind of clarify what you mean by that? Like. Okay. In layman's terms, what did you like about this book? Okay. Well, I I was like, is it something that impacted me personally, or just what did I? Okay, I got you. Um. No. I mean, I really. I, I like the, you know, possessed puppet thing. I think it's a, you know, especially for this author, he's written, you know, vampires and serial killers and exorcisms. And so it's a new kind of a new way to go. Um, and I feel like the, the way that it was written the imagery was really good to me. I really, I could picture this puppet in my head and it made me feel uneasy. Like, and every time you think, Oh, cause there were parts of it where I was going, it's a hand puppet. Why can these grown ass adults not kill this thing? Light like, it on fire. <laughs> and so it's like, but the way that it gets written, especially during like the attack scenes, you know, it kind of reminds you of like, you know, puppet master or like cat's eye or like anything where you have these little things and you're like, why can't they just step on it and kill it? But they can still find a way to overpower you. So, um, I, th I thought that it was the imagery in the book was very easy to picture in your mind, like a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really liked the development of Louise and Mark's relationship and kind of hearing their backstories and, it it sucks because that is like you said it's that way with a lot of families where you think one thing about somebody and really it's something else completely different but because you didn't communicate with each other you don't know you know she's assuming he's this deadbeat who doesn't do anything and he's a favorite of the family he's spoiled and this and that and then you find out what happened to him with pupkin and it's like mm -hmm. okay well i kind of and and they could have you know now that she hears that and she realizes she had her own, I mean, she couldn't have told anybody about Pupkin, her thing. They would have sent her away. Yeah. Um, and he was the, convinced that his sister tried to kill him. Yeah. You know, and she's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> it was, you know, so that definitely, definitely impacted their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, and they even have us believing that for a while in the book, uh -huh. which I thought was interesting. I think the the real villain here is Nancy, but maybe we'll get to that. <laughs> that woman is fucked yeah. and she fucked everything in her life. <laughs> On two legs and paranormally. But she it he Pupkin was her trauma response. It was her way to deal with yeah. the trauma of losing her brother and it just got way out of control. So Yeah. Um, Shanna, was there something that you enjoyed about the book? I actually, that you wanted to bring? I know that I was kind of harsh with my initial review on it. Um, but I actually did enjoy the book. Um, it was something that you, yeah, you had to follow along, but it's not like it was so difficult to follow along that you had to find yourself rereading certain sections for other things to make sense. Um, I loved the name of the book and the imagery on the cover of the book. 
-hmm. I took it with me several places and I had people ask me questions about it. You know, just, I mean, it's an amazing title, how to sell a haunted house. Like who doesn't want to know how to sell a haunted house? I'm a little upset that, you know, reading a 400 page book, I still don't know how to sell a haunted house, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, burn it to the ground. That's what you do. Yeah. You know, but it was a fun read. It's not, it didn't end or the second half of it was a, was not what I expected of it, but it was still a fun read. Yeah. And that's kind of how it is with Grady uh, Hendrix is you have to go into it with an open mind and just know that even if it doesn't take the twists and turns that you expect of it, you're still going to have a good time. I think he writes characters very well. Yes. Um, especially in, if anybody reads it, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. I, I mean, again, you could call it like a Desperate Housewives knockoff or whatever, but Buffy all growed up. Those characters are written very well, too. So I think. And even Pupkin, this evil puppet, is still written as like. I mean, you picture him as like this little boy evil character. And it's like you almost feel sad for him when he starts getting sad. And then you're like, no, wait, don't feel bad for that fucker. (laughs) He's a killer. Um. I just, there's a couple other, I'm kind of sort of stealing from Amanda on this one, but uh, his imagery, the amount of talent he has with creating amazing imagery is wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the way he was describing um, Mark's, how Mark's wound looked when his arm got cut off. Mm-hmm. how the ground hamburger and all of that it's like you get a very vivid picture mm-hmm. in your mind there's no doubt in your mind <laughs> even yeah. that yeah it's very nauseating to look at and not just even that but i mean and there's other stuff too like the way he, he describes the smells and the look of the house like when Louise first returns to the family home and you see this and you can smell that and plus on top of it you know the way that the relation the character development is amazing but I really love the development of Louise and Mark's relationship because Mm -hmm. like Amanda said you really get that initial these two hate each other with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns and (laughs) they're gonna end up killing each other by the time this book is over but then by the end of i mean spoiler alert but you know the relationship evolves over 400 and some odd pages and you know is their relationship the same at the end of the book as it was in the beginning of the book yeah no is right. it rainbows and sun? Is it, is it rainbows and sunshine? Not necessarily, but you know, it's not like it's you know completely one hundred percent dysfunctional either. Yeah, I mean, you can't really go through what they went through with a psychotic murderous puppet and not be a little dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah, right. 
I mean, I definitely hated Mark in the beginning. I mean, I I was like livid reading some of this. Like he thinks he can come in and just tear everything out and sell the house and do whatever. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those interesting points because like I had never really thought about how contentious estate stuff can be dealing with until it is a month ago when you know we lost my dad and it's all like unfortunately enough my brother and i didn't go through any of that battling back and forth over this that and the other thing or all of that but you know you're going through a lot emotionally at the time you just lost a loved one and then to have to, okay, well, what are we going to do with this? And what are we going to do with that? And how are we going to handle this? And it's like, it can be a lot to have to deal with when you're so emotionally vulnerable and everything's really raw and right there on the surface. Yep. Yeah. And when you've got like, I mean, because we, we went through this when my father-in-law passed away and, you know, definitely had, you know, my husband versus his sister who, you know, certain people thought they were entitled <laughs> to things that they weren't and you know just a lot of contention and a lot and it's like yeah you're hurting but also you've got these opposing personalities and people that are not going to change and only gets more amplified with grief and stress and and all of that so i thought he wrote that really well mm-hmm. uh let's see which character did you find yourself most relating to in this book? Whichever one he wants to go first, go right ahead. I mean, I, I probably say Louise, I think as a mom and, you know, having been a single mom and as somebody who likes things to be kind of, you know, structured and organized and whatever. Um, I would say I probably identified with her the most. I would have to say Pupkin. <laughs> I mean. I knew Shannon was going to say that. <laughs> okay, though, but to be fair, aside from the evil aspect, Pupkin is like trauma incarnate. It represents like loss of childhood and all kinds of different losses, you know, and then for the mom, it's like he's her coping mechanism yeah um, and, and so i could see chaos, that i find myself like i am a chaos gremlin <laughs> nice yes, well yes just please don't try to kill me okay that's all no, i ask i've got <laughs> my eye stabbing tendencies <laughs> god oh god that was ugh. as someone who has jabbed a light bite, bright peg into my brother's eye <gasps> Did you not hear that story before? <laughs> I don't think I have, and I don't want to. <laughs> I was a terrible little sister. Clearly. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, like, I carry my own bit of trauma from that whole scenario growing up. But, yeah, I broke his head open a few times. Oh. Um, yeah. I, I, but did you try to drown him? I took a shit in the bath water. <laughs> but we were little. <laughs> okay. 
you know, like when you're little and your parents are trying to be multitaskers, so they throw both kids in the tub at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, my mom, this was before, like, the whole don't leave your kids alone in the tub thing. So she ran to go get a towel, and she hears my brother screaming at the top of his lungs, and she comes back, and he's, like, plastered against the back ledge of the tub, like, with his feet <laughs> straddling it. And I'm sitting in the tub, like, bouncing a turd. <laughs> you know, uh... the water, like, I'd taken a dump. <laughs> Which is very on brand for me, even as an adult. Like, I don't poop in the tub, but... Um, Thank God. Like, I've peed in everything I've swam in. Interesting. Yeah. If Ryan Lochte can do it, I can do it. Huh, fair. <laughs> uh... So, Casey... <laughs> Um, it's obvious who the unhinged one in this group is. <laughs> I'm just here for the freaking entertainment value. Um, well, I mean, there isn't really a whole. I mean, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with Mark, only for the pure fact that he's the only dude. I, well, yeah, that too. Basically. Well, I mean, th there's like the cousin's husband who is like the estate attorney. The ex-husband. There's the ex-husband. Ex-husband, ex whatever the case may be. Or boyfriend or whatever he was. Yeah. But, the big daddy. I mean, he's literally in what, five pages of the whole freaking book. So, um, not necessarily that Mark is, you know, a lot like me. You know, there, there's aspects of Mark's character that I found that I could relate to. So, and like Amanda said, and Shanna agrees that, you know, he's the only dude. So that's. Yeah. I mean, as far as a main type character. True. I mean, there there is a few male. I mean, I could be the, you know, house cleaner, owner, company owner dude, but where's the fun in that? Yeah. So. So, um, the next two questions kind of sort of, well, my last two questions kind of sort of go hand in hand together. So we'll go ahead and go with the first part of the question being, as a reader, do you feel that this book has enough meat on the bones to work as an effective cinematic experience? Um, absolutely. I think it does. I think it'd be a great movie. I have seen Should what they have done with one of Grady Hendrix's books as a, a cinematic adaptation. I, I watched and read um, My Best Friend's Exorcism. I didn't know that was a movie. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, I believe. Okay. And Hold my they, beer. <laughs> the book was fantastic. And I don't know how involved Grady Hendrix was with the adaptation, but they butchered it. So... Mm -hmm. I think he would need to be in charge, like to really see the vision that he has for the book portrayed accurately on the screen. Um, 
because I would hate to see the same thing happen to this book. Yeah. Because I think it does have so much potential. And I think that a lot of it was responsible to, or, you know, the, a lot of the editing and things because the book, the, the exorcism, my best friend's exorcism was very graphic. Mm -hmm. So I think I had to adapt a lot of it in order to make it presentable for television. Um. Well, was it a made-for-TV movie or like a... I think it was like an Amazon Prime, like, you know, how they get the rights to something. And yeah. I can't remember okay. if it was a movie or if it was a series. I don't remember. Okay. I want to say a movie. Because, I mean... I had to take a lot out just to, for time allotment as well. Well, time, yeah. So, not to interrupt, but I have it open on my phone. My Best Friend's Exorcism is an Amazon original. That was released in 2022. It is an hour and a half long. And if Shannon would like to request it for an evening at the movies, we can put it on the schedule. Well, she's saying it was terrible. Well, I would like to see what your guys' takes are. Like, maybe okay. the book and then you know, tie it in like we're going to do okay. with the next book or whatever. Yes. Okay. I would love to see, you know, what your movies are. I've watched Rubber for an evening at the movies, so <laughs> at this point... I've watched Rubber for fun. Now what? Say something. You want <laughs> I'm watching it from Justin to Kelly for an evening at the movies. I watched that one for I fun, win. too. We are not the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Yeah, I th I think it could definitely work in the right with. I think most books can work really effectively as movies if they're put in the hands of the right director. Right. And again, I will always pound a freaking drum on this one because everybody knows my number one favorite author is Stephen King and the fact that some of his books have been so horribly adapted yeah, by writers who or by directors who have well and writers too that really don't get what the whole concept of the story is and I'm not going to throw Anyone under the bus by name? Mick Garris. <clears throat> well, I was going to say, I believe the blonde-headed co-host knows which one I'm referring to. Uh, or yeah. one of several that I can... Well, I would say there's a few, but... No, I think, yeah. I mean, because yeah, I think like a, you're talking about King. I think a good director could do something with this story. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I don't think, I, I think, I don't think like reading this and the other books of his I've read. Now, granted, I haven't read um, my best friend's exorcism, but I don't see this stuff as being that different from King as far as like uncomfortable or gruesome things that you might have to deal with as a director and how to put that onto screen. Um, so I think it could be, I think it has a lot of potential to be done well 
um, especially with the you know CGI and effects we have now, mm -hmm. I think they could bring Pumpkin to life in a real like scary way. Which I think would be one of the interesting selling points for me getting in the car and driving 45 minutes to an hour away to go to the movie theater to see this. Mm -hmm. So, because um, you got to think it's a hand puppet. So, 80s and 90s, even special effects, CGI, aren't going to really be able to pull that off realistically. I mean, it realistically in the way that it looks like it could really be happening. Well, but here's I think the prime comparison. Now we could. Chucky in the original movie versus Chucky today. I mean, there's not a whole, whole lot of like astronomical differences, but you no. can definitely tell that Chucky, you know, 35-ish years ago is not the same as Chucky in like the TV series. Right. But I'm just talking about as in being a hand puppet. It's got to move around by itself. And then it's also got to be this oh, character yeah. while the actor has it on their hand, you know, and you've got to make it not look just completely ridiculous. So I think that would be the challenge, yeah. but I think we have the technology to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, well, I guess the last question kind of sort of can, bridge the gap into the part of the show that comes after our healthy discussion, which would be the rating and review. So um, in each of your minds, does this story succeed or fail in bringing intrigue to paranormal horror, in your opinion? Yes. Two thumbs up. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I think that I think it does bring the paranormal into it because obviously it it's a possessed thing. And I think that it, not only is it like a possessed character, but it's also like almost a a human character even though it's a pup a puppet. Cuz to mm -hmm. me Pupkin feels like, you know, like a black sheep sibling that will do anything to get the love of the parent. I mean, to go so far as killing everything just because he wants his mommy. <laughs> so part of the fear yeah. that Pupkin brings is because he is a puppet. Like when you think about it, he's a children's toy. Yeah. That is like the epitome of wholesome. And to find out that he's fucking murderous. Hello. Mm -hmm. And that's why that's so scary. I mean, anybody that grew up watching Child's Play, it's like, okay, you know. I was an adult by the time Annabelle came out, but that would have scared me as a kid too, probably. But dolls have always been kind of creepy to me anyway. But yeah, it's a it's a puppet. You're supposed to be the one in control. That's the other thing is it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it is a toy and it's also a toy that you are supposed to have complete control over. And for it's this one, you. yeah, it's controlling you. And making you do evil things. And that's scary. So yeah. What do you think Casey? So, yeah. I I would agree. Only for the pure fact that like you had said. Um, clowns. And mm -hmm. dolls. Are like two. Other than you know. Obviously 
the greatest horror villain of all time, Freddy Krueger, and second place, Michael Myers, and 57th place, Jason Voorhees. Um, clowns and puppets are definitely like the creepiest of all creeps when it comes to horror characters. If I saw that little tricycle yep. riding son of a bitch, I would cunt punt him across the room. <laughs> he wouldn't get me. Yeah. I mean. Like, how scary is a puppet on a tricycle? No, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Fucking jigsaw. Yep. Um, for the most part, though, I'm. Like, there was aspects of the book that yeah, kind of sort of drug for me, but not anything to where I think my overall rating for the book would be greatly hindered by it. I probably honestly would give the book four out of five whatevers. I hadn't come up with something, but um, it's a I good book. And marks. It, it keeps you reading and want to read as long as you don't end up in the hospital and lose your book and have your dad pass away that, you know, you can get through the book in no time at all. But <laughs> I would, I, w I would definitely recommend people check the book out and read. And I'm excited to see who will be picking up, a free copy of the book on my dime. <laughs> so essentially you bought three copies of that book. <laughs> I did. Two for me, one for that. Oh. That's funny. That co-host. <laughs> but I was I was being a nice person and buying hers so that you know, I was very surprised. We could get, we could get started on because we at that point were all incredibly excited about doing literature reapers and wanted to get started. And then Casey got bit know, by a zombie. Yeah. In the Walmart parking lot. Fighting over the pizza rolls. Yep. <laughs> um, That's a big ass freaking bite, too. Those yeah, good size bag of pizza rolls. Last bag of the triple pepperoni. Don't fuck with Yikes. my pizza rolls. I get shanky over that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess I'll go next. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um I thought that this book, you know, like we kind of said, the story morphs into different things. Um, I would say Mark's story was probably the slowest part of the book for me. Like, I appreciate that they needed to tell a lot of that to, to kind of explain what he had done. But other than that, I thought it was really, you know, fast paced, you know, it, it, it's frustrating and unsettling and then it can be lighthearted and then it's, you know, horrific. Um, I liked you know, the development of their relationships, childhood trauma is something we all have, family, weird family dynamics is something we all have. Um, 
and yeah, I liked how they came together to fight the evil and, and all of that. So I think I would give it four and a half out of five taxidermied nativity squirrels. That part freaked me the fuck out. I could, first of all, who puts squirrels as a nativity scene? Like, what the hell? And then they're actual taxidermied squirrels, and then they attack her. Like, oh, God, that part was. Ugh. I have a clay Even more than this nativity scene. Nice. Again, uh, nothing surprises me that comes out of Shannon. No, it was yeah. a gift. <laughs> That you bought yourself? No, actually. <laughs> I have holiday penises. Oh. Uh, I even Shanna have a Halloween a one. Well, uh, I have Shanna a friend just that needs to move into a phallic shaped house. I kind of do. I live in one. Um, but no, I have a friend that makes clay penises and then she makes little costumes for them for Halloween. Oh, yeah, for, that's right. Yeah. For like Halloween and Christmas and Easter and like band costumes and it's good. That's amazing. Shanna, what's your review? I would give it four out of five taxidermied squirrels. Nice. I really loved (laughs) (laughs) extra nuts. Um the squirrels. <laughs> I really loved the way that you would be caught off guard with the book. Like you would think that you knew what direction it was going to go and then it would like veer off to the right completely and you're like holy crap. And then you'd kind of you know read more of the story and think okay now I know what's going to happen and then it would veer off to the left and you're like son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know it just it kept you guessing and it was a wild ride and I thought it was really fun. Sweet. Yay. So overall, we, so we recommend day, it. <laughs> yes. It, if, especially if you love horror, it's something that you definitely should. If you love horror and you love reading, you definitely need to sit down and check it out. And then give us a rating on so, Spotify and get a free copy. Yeah. Um, can I also well, free just for throw you, out there? Not free for me (laughs) um can i just throw out there that um i am on goodreads if anybody else is on there and they want to follow me to see um you know what books i've read and what ratings i've given them um i gave this one a four because i don't think it lets you do half stars um but yeah it does but you have to literally get your finger just right on when you hit the star? Oh, well, I'm not doing that. But yeah, you can find yeah, me under it, Amanda Kohlhofer on Goodreads if you guys want to follow me. I'm actually already following you. So uh-huh. I'll have to go. I find myself having trouble keeping up to date on my Goodreads. I did. The only reason I am able to do it now is because I made myself do a challenge. So I'm making sure to go in there and put that I've read the book and what books I want to read and whatever. I need to just designate a certain like time block to do it each week. You know, that way I remember to do it. 
I don't always update my progress, but I definitely at the end, I'll, I will make sure to go in and put that I read it and then what you rate it. Yeah. I need yeah. to start writing reviews too, but anyway. Um, spoiler alert. I, to do that too. I just posted. I just posted my How to Sell a Haunted House review on Goodreads. Nice. With a shameless plug for Literature Reapers with Casey, Amanda, and Shanna as well. So um, I think that just about wraps up our discussion on my first Grady Hedrick book that I've read. And I will definitely be checking out others as I think I sent a screenshot to Amanda. I have the vampire book in my cart on Amazon. Oh, nice. So, uh, be warned on the vampire book that there is a, there is a section, one particular chapter that is super duper gory. So I don't think it'll bother you, but anyone that has a weak stomach, it is not for the, I, I almost had to like, I almost vomited. That's how well he writes more than a sewing needle in the eye. Yes, because it's more than just one. Ooh, ooh, damn it, you had to bring that up. It's a whole scene that involves, I'll, I'll just say it involves rats. That's all I'll say. Are they taxidermied? No. Oh. I think they're they're they... possessed or they're maybe they're bitten by oh, Lord. I can't remember. Anyway. But Are yeah, they... I still highly recommend that book. Are they what? Raculas? Maybe. Were they Dracula and <laughs> like Sharkula? I I Jesus. I tried to block that part of the book out of my mind because it was really, really gross. Like honestly, as much as I was enjoying the book, that almost made me not want to keep reading it. But the but that was a personal thing for me because it was so graphic that I was picturing it and and like felt like rats were crawling on me, which is the desired effect he's going for, obviously. But I was like, if it's this gross, like, you know, a third of the way in, I don't know if I can finish it. But I did, and it was worth it. So sweet. So I will definitely be checking that out as well. Um as per Shanna's request from the beginning of the from the beginning of the episode. Um I would like to let everybody know that I will be picking our second book to read, which, if I remember correctly, the other two of us have either completely read or mostly read since I officially picked it months ago. I've completely read it, but I will be rereading it for our next episode. But their next episode of Literature Reapers will be... <laughs> if you all could see the look on Amanda's face every time that that car goes street racing by her house. I keep trying to mute it in time, but I got about half of it. Sorry. I'm sorry. I would blame it on Casey's anus again. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just always blame it on Amanda's drunk again. <laughs> I believe the phrase you're looking for is Anyway, <laughs> what was your pick, um, Casey? <laughs> my pick is the OG John Grisham novel, A Time to Kill. 
Very nice. So we will Shanna? be definitely checking out that as well as if Shanna has an idea of what she would like to do for our third read. She is more than welcome. To I am let thinking us know. a Coho book, a Colleen Hoover book. I just haven't decided which one. Ooh. You're a Coho virgin, aren't you, Amanda? Yeah, I've been um, reading a lot more Geneva Rose, who is Coho endorsed, and I love her. Um, so, yeah, I need to read some Colleen Hoover. Okay. What? <laughs> okay, I will come into another Coho book with an open mind as well. I had him read Verity. Verity was not a, ba Verity was not a bad Twisted, I haven't read yes, it. Yes, but. Plot twist. So. I have then, an idea for what so, my next pick's going to be, so we'll see. Oh, I've got actually a file on my Goodreads where it's literally Literature Reaper ideas, and there's like 15 different books in there. If you two want to check it out and tell me if you'd be interested in reading it, it'll be a reread for me, but. I think in the, especially in the current state of our country, it's a very important read. And I think it should be required reading for every high school age kid, but um, 19 minutes by Jody Picoult. It's about um, school shooting, but yeah, it's, a, it's a lot more than that. It's a really deep, like, it's a really good insight into that whole scenario. And I, anyway. Um. So Officially, it, but... that is a book that on a Facebook challenge that I posted where I asked for recommendations from different people and I would definitely oh, yeah. read. Amanda suggested it. So I will, if that's what Amanda wants to do for her next selection, put that on the schedule as well. Okay. I'll let you know for sure, but I think that's what so, I'm going to go with. Okay. Yay! Definitely when Shanna picks her. Colleen book that she wants to pick for our third read. I will post the information on our Facebook group page. So if you're not on the Facebook group page, how in the hell did you find this podcast anyway to begin with? Right. Stopping um, me. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. But I do. Definitely, definitely check it out. But definitely check it out. Definitely pick up the books. And definitely if you want to read along and kind of sort of stay like you're part of the team then definitely check us out and follow along with us as well. Um, Shanna, tell us about your podcast and where we can find them. I am one of the hosts of crime rewind with Amanda and it is a weekly true crime podcast where we go over a lot of cases that are either current and not getting a lot of attention or are old and cold um so we're hoping to bring more attention to them in hopes of getting them resolved or you know they just never got any attention to begin with so kind of just giving some attention to the cases that need it most and that does come out every tuesday morning um, and you can find more information on that on our facebook page okay We can't hear you.
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great show. Been on it a couple of times. Definitely check it out. Um, Amanda? Yes, I am. Tell the host us about of- your show and where you can find it. Okay. I am the host of The Sip List, which is a top five podcast and releases mostly every Thursday morning. Um, we just released top 10, actually, Metallica songs. And coming up soon, we will have, hopefully, um, top five Fleetwood Mac songs and top five fictional bands. So stay tuned for that. And um, you can find it and our other shows at idnmtrpodcastnetwork.com, which is our I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network. I looked at your eyes while you're doing that, and you have it written on a damn post-it note on your screen, don't you? I do not. Oh, okay. I haven't memorized. <laughs> All right. So definitely, yes, Sip List, great show. I've been on that show hundreds of times. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun, and the Sip Libs are freaking amazing. <laughs> Unless it's Nightmare on My Street. Then. Yeah, that was terrible. Hashtag go find that episode, and you'll understand why. Um I am Casey. I am the host of An Evening at the Movies, everybody's favorite movie-based podcast where the rules are changing, and that's how it's going to be. So, <laughs> no, probably not. I'm just being a smartass. But um, are you are you usual tagline, everybody's favorite movie-based podcast where we eat stale popcorn, drink watered-down sodas, and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we love them as well. Um, if you want to request a movie, for us to do on the episode. <sighs> we will do all, we will honor all requests. So <laughs> check that out as well. Uh-huh. I thought you said we weren't doing Coming that soon. anymore. Uh, well, I you said it on the sip list and it's already out there in the world. You can't just, Oh, okay. No, no well, take backs. <laughs> no take back. So technically after, um, Cool as ice, and <laughs> from Justin to Kelly, we'll, we will reevaluate our movie selection. <laughs> I'm process. sure we'll still do it, but um, oh, I'm sure we will too. It's it's fun, and it gets like with letting the listeners suggest books for us to read as well. It gets people involved, and it's interactive. And at the end of the day, it's fun, and that's all we're here for is to have a good time and hopefully entertain people. So I just realized that I'm about ready to wrap up this episode and I literally don't. Yes, I do. I just came up with something on the spot out the fly. So definitely. um, Thank you ladies for having the patience with me (laughs) on my slowness. And Mm -hmm. I am glad that we are doing this and, at the end of the day, um, no, it just literally just went out my damn head. I don't have a way to end the damn show, so we hope you guys come back for our next episode, which will be a time to kill. And thank you guys for being here. We love all the listeners, and we hope you guys have a good weekend. Peace. Bye. Bye.